Hey everybody, this is Chad. Uh, great news, we have a fantastic guest. He is uh, a friend of both Cy and I, and uh, we love him, and he's, and he's so incredibly funny. If you want to find his dates, please check out at Tim Harmston on Instagram. That's at T-I-M-H-A-R-M-S-T-O-N. And you will listen to this episode, and then I'm telling you, you're probably going to come back here to find that handle. So just click it up right now, at Tim Harmston. This was a really fun one for both of us. Yep, and uh, we have a couple of dates just right off the bat for him. If you are in the Minnesota area, January 15th, Tim and uh, recent guest of the show, Mary Mack, will be performing at the Paramount Theater in St. Cloud. That's January 15th. And then December 18th, Tim and Mary will be at Stella's in Battle Lake, Minnesota. We talk about how uh, Battle Lake is kind of a, you might think it's a weird place for comedy, but what uh, Ryan and the crew at Stella's have done, they've built a beautiful, beautiful venue. So uh, check them out either place. Let's start the show. Hey everybody, this is Chad Daniels, and you have landed in the middle of somewhere. Thank you for coming back, as always. Hey, I just want to say quickly before uh, I introduce people that thank you so much to the people that came out to the Mint on Pico in Los Angeles for that uh, that hour recording. That was really something else. I mean, if you were there, you know the energy in the room was top notch, and I got a standing ovation when I walked onto stage. Now I will tell you something incredible not when I walked off stage. So what happened during my set was I alienated enough people to where they thought, this is this is too much. Or you were tired because you were so intense. But when I did say, oh, I've lost some of you, a woman did sit up straighter and put her hand in the air. And I completely understand that. But th- I don't even care. Thank that lady for coming. Thank all of you for coming. It was so fun. Uh, my trip to L.A., I haven't been out there in so long because of all the stuff going on. So it was it was absolute blast. I saw a bunch of people. I saw I saw people's children that had pandemic babies, and uh, it was just incredible. I did uh, Dumb People Town with the Sklar Brothers and Daniel Van Kirk. Uh, such a fun podcast to do. It's called Dumb People Town. You can check that out. And uh, guess what I did? I brought my headphones, my Bose noise-canceling headphones to use at the podcast recording because that's because I'm a gentleman and I don't want to get my ear juice on people's stuff. And then I left it in a lift. So what does that make? That's right. Five fucking pairs of noise-canceling headphones so far down the toilet. Want to know why? Because I messaged my Lyft driver and uh, wasn't into returning it. So now he's driving around with fingerless gloves, a leather jacket, and noise-canceling headphones. So congratulations, Pablo. Those are for you. Across from me, as always, now that I've uh, said all this, I'm very excited to, to have him uh, as, a, as a regular on the podcast. I'm just kidding. That'd be awesome. But that's, that's how I introduced you. Ladies and gentlemen, of course, as always, across from me is Cyrus Amundsen. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I, uh, well, I have a couple of things that I'd like to say before we bring our guest in today. Okay. First, uh, a couple weeks ago, when uh, Mary Mack was on the program, 
I might have gotten a little bit emotional in my reaction towards an email that our program received. Do you recall that moment? Yeah, and then later on I found out it was a pro email for me, so I started having this person's back. That is correct. That is what happened. Uh, I, the person's name was, who sent the email was Amber Carter. Okay. Amber Carter. She said some really mean stuff. I told her to eat my ass. I think we can all move on. I mean, I won't move on. I'll keep mentioning it. Probably I was just going to say, can we? Yeah. No, right. we, we can't move on, but I think we both got our shots in. She uh, very descriptively filled us all in on why I'm ruining the podcast, and I told her to eat my ass. Fair trade. Unfortunately, what was pointed out to me after the program was that I did not say Amber Carter. I said Amber Harper. And Chad, we is there, have... Is there a real Amber Harper? Well, there's two of them. They both love the podcast a lot. <laughs> oh, I knew that. I was just baiting you. Both, oh, do I like this. They both... One of them has messaged me before about the show, super friendly. And so I just randomly told two of our fans that they both were like, hey, man, what's going on? Like two separate people. <laughs> So to the two Amber Harpers who listened to this program, who reached out to me, and to any other possible Amber Harpers, uh, I would like to sincerely say, uneat my ass. And Amber Carter, eat my ass. Your message sucked. I don't think you're a good person. And, uh, you know, I hope all your pets dislike you for the rest of your life. Miss Carter couldn't agree more. Anyways. On to the next piece of information. Uh, I started this weekend getting text messages and Facebook messages from friends about a news story that happened in Luck, Wisconsin. Do you know anything about this? Okay. I don't know anything about it, no. It was in a span of a pretty short period of time. I got about seven messages, and they were about a murder in a town called Luck, Wisconsin, which definitely sounds like the premise of a sci-fi show. Right. I've been talking about murder a lot on our podcast, so I was like, oh, are people sending me some interesting thing to talk about? I have a question. Is there any chance the murder, the person that was murdered was Christ Cousins after he lost to a backup quarterback on Sunday Night Football? Did you call him Christ Cousins? Of course I did. So. I guarantee he makes him, his kids call him that. It wasn't. It, we, 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 you really shoehorned that in. It wasn't. Uh, what it was was a man in the village of Luck, Wisconsin, murdered, named Chad Daniels. Whoa. Well, and I, it's not far from the cities. And, like, according to one of the police officers, so we have a friend, and I'm not going to mention her name because I don't know if she wants us, you know, Saying all this, she lives Amber close Harper. to there. Amber Harper. And her friend is a cop there and told the backstory. And the killer just said that the guy needed to be shot. And I was like, well, that sounds mm -hmm. like Chad for sure. And then I checked, and the person was 48 years old. So, you know, 12 years I'm too young 48. to be you. But I, no, I did, I did have a moment because we don't, you know, we usually don't talk on the weekends because you're doing shows. Right. And so that's that's kind of our friendship break time is the weekend. So there was a little tiny part of me that 
very much believed you could get shot at a gas station by somebody who believed you deserved it in a town called Luck, Wisconsin. And there's also a big part of me that think that that's just your dad. Somebody finally shot your dad over a gambling debt, and he's still using your name. That'd be pretty interesting. Or you just, the guy, the barrel's still smoking and the cops get there, and he's like, he wouldn't shut the fuck up. Sorry I put mushrooms and pineapple on the same side. Yeah. (laughs) But he would not leave the store. Just absolutely furious. Speaking of Wisconsin, and much better luck than this young Chad Daniels had, uh, we have a fantastic guest. He has been my friend for much longer than he's been yours. That's fair. And I'm so excited to have him on. He is uh, a fantastically hilarious comedian. I actually brought up one of your bits, uh, the beard, uh, the beard of bees bit, on the Dumb People Town podcast because that was part of the story. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, he is the commissioner of my only fantasy football league, which I have been getting fucked in all season. I would like to introduce to you Tim Harmston. Tim. Hey. Hey, I was in luck a few weeks ago. Really? Like, actually? In uh, Wisconsin. Yeah, it, it's right next to where uh, Mary Mack grew up. It's a few. Oh, that, few, that checks yeah, out. It's a few miles. Of, yeah. <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> I mean, the fact that there was a murder is not surprising, but uh, the fact that that I didn't find out about it because we were really familiar with what's going on in Luck. So hmm, I've uh, I don't know. I've started calling where Mary Mack grew up the Wild Wild Whisk because <laughs> it just seems like old timey stories that you would never think happened in 2021. Man, did we have fun with her! Holy crap! Yeah, you know, every time I go up there, I think the same thing. I'm like, there's nowhere else in the country where this kind of stuff happens. And when you when she talks about it, you're like, you know, people are like, is that true? And they're all true. They're all true stories. And uh, that's that's unreal. So, Tim, what we like to do is we like to tell uh, the listeners how we know our guest. And I'm not going to tell them how I know you. I'm going to tell them a different story or like how we how we met each other. I'm going to tell the story of when we were working together in Chicago. Clearly, you know this. There was a club in Chicago called Zany's, and there was a manager there named Martin. Martin grew up in Mexico, had a little bit of an accent, and I will be doing it. So if you're, uh, if this is going to whatever bug you, buckle up, Twitter. Here comes an ethnic impersonation by Chad Daniels. But anyway, the the live one. Um, But anyways, so. Martin used to manage the club and was fucking gr- so fun of a manager, but also used to do the intro to bring people on stage. And so he would, uh, here's what he would do. He goes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Zenith Comedy Club. We have a wonderful show for you. Zenith Comedy Club rated the number one comedy club in all of Chicago. I would like to bring to the stage your host and MC, Fien Harnstein. And so he called him Fim Harnstein. And Tim's name is still saved in my phone as Fim Harnstein. And we were there with another friend, Kevin Williams, who actually introduced us. And uh, I just like the whole weekend, we would turn to ask Tim if he'd need a drink because we'd be out, you know, after the shows. And we'd be like, hey, do you need a drink? And then Tim wouldn't turn around and we'd go, hey, Fien Harnstein, do you need a drink? It was so much fun. Well, and then at, at some point, didn't, didn't, didn't there become a situation where there were no more drinks? Because they were like, there's no more drinks left. 
Oh, remember that? They yeah. Were... So it was that, and then also I was not allowed to drink at Zany's Comedy Club for three the next three times I went there because I was behind the bar making shots. Even though I had yeah. gotten permission, it's not like I'm some guy that just like fucking kicks the bartender down and starts making shots. I asked if I could. They said yes. I went back there. But I think the uh, the old Booker of Zanies and I, uh, although friendly in person, did not see eye to eye on a lot of things. Oh come on, no, like, he's great. Oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> the the night, just a side story to that that night, I ended up sleeping in my car in front of uh, Zanies. <laughs> they have like a loading zone where you can pull your car up when you unload your you know, your mom and girlfriend to go to the show and then you go park. And I put my car in the loading zone and uh, woke up at 9 a.m. with a policeman banging his uh, his uh, flashlight on t- on the glass. Did you just open and like, oh, did you open your window and barf and go, I'm unloading, sir? <laughs> no, I said I was working here last night. He's like, all right, move on. <laughs> I, was, uh, I also had a, I was doing a show, you know, I've, I lived in Chicago for a long time, and you know how fondly we all feel about that city. Maybe you don't, Cy. No, I, I love. Yeah, I, I, I love. love Chicago. I love concrete cities that are full of dirt and wind, and a bunch of men who look like they played college baseball 30 years ago. It's fucking great there. You know, if you love cheese and people who are angry but pretend that's a personality trait, you're gonna love Chicago. No, Chicago's great. I love Chicago. Yeah, I love how I love I love how gray the buildings are, but also how gray the sky is when you're there. Right. So we were up in the Upper Peninsula doing a show and this this retired Chicago cop came up to me after my set and he goes, he goes, uh, you know, I was uh, I was watching you up there and it reminded me of um, stand up comedy. And I fell over <laughs> laughing. I mean, I said, thank you for oh, that gift. Oh, my God. That's so funny. It reminded me of the thing you were supposed to be doing. Oh, shit. You know how perceptive those Chicago cops are, right? Oh, man. I have uh, I have two memories of Tim that... And they're they're the two moments that I... That made... Like, I need to be close human friends with this man. Uh, because I always... You guys were both ahead of me, and so you were full into your career as I was starting. So I was always, you know, I admired your material a great deal because I think you're very surreal and interesting, well-being, very, very funny, which almost no one on the earth can pull off. So I'm very jealous of how you do stand-up. Uh, Thank but you. we weren't really, we didn't really know each other. We, you know, we'd say hello as I was coming up on the open mic, and then... Derek Johnson, who was running the Acme open mic, somehow, I don't know how it happened, but at some some moment he made it clear that it would be very, without me doing something illegal, it would be very difficult for me to get fired. (laughs) And that became a very game on situation. Uh, And I remember one time I was performing as Chris Angel. We've probably talked about this on the show, but I was performing as Chris Angel. I had my friend Joel in back. Every time I would say my name, he would whisper Chris Angel as, the, as an echo, as the God mic. And I was trying to do tricks, and I had kind of pulled my shirt off, and I was in the crowd trying to do a card trick and just rubbing my torso on 
I'm going to say a top five homophobe with muscles the size <laughs> of Kentucky. And there got to be a, poem, a, a moment where he like rose up and it, it was clear this man was very close to violence. And I had this flash in my head. I was like, oh, sorry, this isn't, you're around comedians. You're around the weakest, just saddest, most non-confrontational group of skinny people that have ever walked the earth. <laughs> and so I did this Thank like you. dart around to see if there was going to be anybody there that not could help me fight this guy or, or even say, but like could pull a giant man off me before I was beaten to death for sexually assaulting him in the crowd. And I, my eyes are darting around the room and I'm looking and I don't see anyone. And then like in the crowd, like nine feet away, there's Harmston just with his phone out, just recording the entire thing. <laughs> I was going to say, comedians won't help you in a fight, but they will have a great bit about it later. It, yeah, Tim yeah. was going to make a career off his <laughs> viral video of com comedian beaten to death by a homophobe. The, the funny part of that is, 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 so for maybe the following decade, we, Chad and a group of us would go to Vegas, and a lot of times I'd end up staying in the Luxor. And as you're, I'm walking through that, which is Chris Angel's home club mm -hmm. or home, you know, casino. And I would just walk through and like every five seconds, Chris Angel <laughs> would just come into my head. Chris Angel. And I, it never left. The, the, the other thing in this, there's no story to this, but uh, I started, you know, when you start feeling yourself like things are going well in life. And so you start making wardrobe choices that you probably shouldn't. There was one summer where I, uh, I was feeling good about my, just how life was going. So, you know, everyone, you're like, look at this, that stupid fucking fedora that guy's wearing. Yeah, he's probably had a good week and he's confident now. So I was wearing Jesus like... Jesus Christ, was this in the early 90s? So I was wearing a, I think a purple v-neck with a salmon colored hoodie and shorts that, sh I wore shorts on stage, which a lot of people were upset about. And Tim followed me and said that I looked like I was about to go deer hunting in Block E in Minneapolis, which was the, the funniest. Me it was so funny and so mean that I, I was like, well, I'm t-shirts and jeans, t-shirts and jeans for the rest of my life. For, for, the, for the listeners, Block E in Minneapolis is not a, a prison, a part of a prison. It is like an area where the Dave and Busters and it is Chode, it's yeah. Chode City. It's Chode City. <laughs> now that we've now that we've detoured a million miles uh, away, let's get back to you, Tim. And I, you have a story that I you've never told either Chad or I before, but I need to hear it because I this I have a personal experience with this topic. Um, you had a you had a medical procedure. Yeah, yeah. I, I and 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 I'm I'm just gonna keep it, you know, like you said uh, earlier uh, in medical terms because I don't want it to be, you know, I don't want it to be hacky. You know, sometimes when you get a, something happens to you, you want to tell it in a way uh, that uh, is unique and fresh. And um, so last week I had my, uh, I had an ultrasound on my testicle uh, because I. <laughs> Chris Angel. <laughs> Chris Angel. And so I went down to the, uh, the, the scanning area and they had a, you know, and they, the guy came in and got me, his name is Keith. And um, 
he came to the waiting room and got me and he goes, all right, we're going to get you. He's a real chipper. You know, you want people when they're going to be working on that to be chipper. And he took me in this like dark room and then he goes, so we're going to have you take your pants off and lay down on this table. And then I'm going to put some warm jelly on your testicles. <laughs> and now typically when someone's going to put warm jelly on your testicles and you're not dating, you want them to be positive. <laughs> and Keith was super positive, you know, like it was almost alarming how positive. I think he knew, he knew that disarmed my, my <laughs> nervousness. Then he was putting it on there and then he put the camera on and he was like, um, he's like, do you want to take a look at this? And I, you know, and I was like, of course, who, what guy doesn't want to take a, a gander at his own, Not. you know, sack. <laughs> I want to know what's going on and in there, man. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like two giant, yeah, I mean, really giant, um, giant ovals, you know, and then he has this toggle switch and he's like, he's like, yeah, I can put it on Doppler and they have like Doppler radar for your Just balls. in case there's like a <laughs> which... tornado in your nutsack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In case there's a, a, me a weather system in your balls. I mean, you're supposed to have two nuts that look exactly alike. So isn't it like a Doppler for doppelganger? <laughs> It's like doppelhangers. Yeah. <laughs> I two points. One, there's no way my two testicles look alike. Do your two testicles look alike? One of my testicles is yeah, way well, different than the other one. And <laughs> and now I just I just want to talk about nutsack forecasts, but that's you want to talk about hack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he's like toggling back and forth. It gets better. And he's like, he's like, and I could see like a weather system like moving through my balls. <laughs> And it was like, it was like a big, a big red, like, you know, like a big red swath of like turmoil just going right through the center of my balls. And uh, it'd be great to see one of those really spazzy weather guys over by the camera. And they're like, we got a cold front moving in over here. And we got some shit coming in over here. And that's what causes rain. And like a real Chris Farley sketch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, so he's like, he's like Doppler on Doppler off Doppler. on. <laughs> so, and I was like, wow, this is really fascinating. And then he goes, uh, and then he goes, you know, we can, we can, see, we can hear him too. And he goes, you know, we have sonar, which is one of the toggles. So he puts it on sonar and then um, he goes, would you like to hear it? And I'm like, would you like to hear my own balls? Like turn it up. And he, <laughs> And is he, this Freedom Rock? We'll turn it up, man. And he, and so he puts it on, and it's like that techno music that's like, you know, when, you know, normal techno, techno music, it's like, oons, oons, oons. it was more like a, like that one that starts out real slow in the club. It goes, you know, and I'm like high five, and Kate, the nurses are coming in, like lighting up bongs. I love how they have glow sticks. They come in and just with glow sticks start dancing. Yeah. It's so funny to me that you, <laughs> oh my God, that you're like, it's a club scene because of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the whole time you got warm jelly on your nuts. So it's like, what, what's the win-win? It'd be fantastic if they turned the sonar on and it was like, hey, Tim, I'm your nut. Just whale speak. Your nuts are talking like a whale to you. Yeah, if, if, if they turn the sonar on my nuts, all it's going to say is like, hey, man, we don't like that thing you keep doing. 
they, if they turn it on for me, they just go, you cut us, we cut you. They're still mad about me getting snipped. I, Tim, I also yeah. had a, what, do you mind is, can we ask why you had it done? Uh, yeah, I had a lump on my, um, my testicle. And so I went in to have it checked out and they didn't think it was anything big, but it was more like a, more like a precautionary type thing. So, so I had fun with it. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> hey, hey, Tim, anytime I go into the doctor to get my dick looked at, uh, they also don't think it's anything big. Boom. See ya. <laughs> when I, when I got mine, uh, when they did it to me, it was because I sat on one of my nuts. That was, uh, uh, yeah. you know, which is a, that's, that's a bummer in your thirties. <laughs> Uh, that's a genetic condition, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> I said, I get really uncomfortable and try to make jokes in those situations. And I, I said to the person doing, because were you uncomfortable? Were you nervous? Did you, because I think it feels amazing. Like I was able, yeah. <laughs> I made a decision like this is happening it's just, you know, they're not even on your dick. That's I, I'm more sensitive about, like, I think I have more insecurities about the actual dick. Because I don't think balls can yeah. be... No one looks at balls and like, eh, no. you sure got a, a tough roll with these nuts here. You know, nuts are nuts. Unless you got... Unless there's, like, something seriously medical going on. <laughs> so I'm... Yeah, I'm you're right. I'm really comfortable <laughs> with my nuts. And what did they do to get to your nuts... What did you, were you the one, did you hold your penis out of the way? How did you, what was the situation with, uh, with your donger? Well, they had my penis wait in the, in an adjoining room. <laughs> like a dad in the fifties when he's having a baby. Hey, why don't you just, hey Dick, why don't you just go hand out cigars out here in case it's good news? You know, I don't even remember. All I know is that, uh, you know, I was glad that it it, it wasn't, you know, after uh, after he started, I think they show you all the fireworks, all the cool gadgets and toggle switches and sonar and radar. I think they show you that to distract you from being nervous, sure, you sure. know. And so it really, it, it was, it, you know, I went in, I was like super nervous, but it was really not, it was really, it was actually like painless and I didn't even get anxious or it was, uh, you know, I mean, I haven't, you know, I've. I don't know. I tend to overthink medical things from every angle as I'm no sure idea you, what you that's understand. Like. It's like not a clue. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I just <laughs> but no, it's how you know, and I might have a bit the, uh, the the gel I mean it's so warm and it feels so great. And I yeah, I what I did Hold on to just a second. The the look on your face <laughs> when you said so warm you tried to make separate eye contact with Tim, and we're all in a fucking Zoom room together, so quit it. Number two, I feel, I feel like when Cy gets his balls worked on at the doctor, they ask him to shave his testicles and his chest, and he's like, why my chest? Well, just in case you let one rip. You got pretty close last time, and we don't want to get in all gummy. We don't want some potato flakes up in your chest here. Dude, I was, I was so sick because I got to, like, my dong was flopped up and covered by my hand so i didn't they might as well have been looking at my my fingers like what's wrong with your fingers and the the gel is so warm and it, it was like <laughs> it was just like getting like i mean if somebody right now was like chad lay down we're gonna take a soft wand a bunch of hot goo 
we're just gonna rub on your nads. You'd be like, you'd be, that sounds really nice. I'm gonna do that, absolutely. And it didn't, I didn't even, it didn't bother me a bit. The moment the wand hit my nut, I was like, yeah, this is the procedure. I didn't, and I, I didn't like, I didn't like plop a, a stiff or anything like that, but it was, I've been in a lot of doctor's offices since I've gotten sick and getting your testicle ultrasounded Top power rankings number one, number one with a yeah. bullet. It'd, it'd yeah. be so f- funny as the wand hits your nut. You're holding your dick with one hand, and then all of a sudden you have to put your other hand over there. <laughs> like, hey, what are you doing? Well, I, bit of, I need to bit cover a, more space now. <laughs> bit of a wily fella, so I just need to hang tight here. I'm looking forward to this for a long time. <laughs> all right, Mr. Amundsen, just another second here, and we'll be done. Cool. So just then put a finger just right up there. Just get it right up there and let's finish this procedure. How much of that jelly do you have? (laughs) And I know I came in for a a nut appointment, but there is something just inside my butthole also that you might want to take a look at with that wand. Hey, guys, I don't want to tell you how to run your ultrasound machine, but I bet you're going to be able to see a lot clearer if you start choking me. There are parents that listen to this podcast with their kids on drives, and right now it's shut off, and they're explaining why the, yeah. why they don't get to listen to Middle of Somewhere anymore. And can I buy the footage from you? <laughs> yeah, so that was that. In the end, everything was fine. That's good. That's great news. We're uh-huh. happy to know that yeah. you're okay, and, uh, you know, if you ever want to talk about that stuff. Yeah, I'll come on. That does it for me, too. Hey, everybody, it's Moose in the morning. Tim, you're talking about your balls. Do you have any other stories about your balls? (laughs) I do. No way, that's that's electric. (laughs) Yeah, I'm assuming you're referencing my story number two, right? Moose loves to go in order. Uh, so I, have you heard this one before or not? So I, I haven't heard this particular story. I know why you were around this person. And, yeah. and, and we'll get to that too, because I do have some questions about your past life. Okay. Well, so for the listeners, before I did stand up back 25 years ago, I was the prop master in the film industry. So I would work on TV commercials and do um a lot of um kind of <laughs> after kind after of like, how we've been talking to in to intro a story i was a prop master in the film industry <laughs> you were just like you were like the surge tech but instead of a scalpel you would just hand dildos that's what it, yeah, that's that, what it sounded like most, when you were saying it <laughs> no i would hand you know i'd hand like gatorade bottles to michael jordan or whatever we would do uh, you know, pretty big commercials. And, and um, so I got the call to do one in the, the mid nineties for um, it was a video game and it was, it was with Brett Favre. And so we were going to shoot on the field at Lambeau and um, they didn't really need a, um, they didn't really need a prop master because it was just him in his uniform, but they knew I was a kind of a Packer guy. And kind so, of a Packer guy. Kind Tim. Of, yeah. Timothy Armstead. <laughs> Yeah. So I went along and, uh, I got to, um, you know, I got to kind of go in the locker room and, and, and get some props and things to bring them out to the field and, and, uh, meet, you know, I met Brett and he was really cool. And, 
and then I was out on the um, <clears throat> out on the field. And we're just filming him like talking into the camera, and but we're on Lambo, you know, on the grass. And it, it was like if I don't if I don't get like him to throw me a pass, it'll be you know a tragedy right. that I'll always sort of regret. And I hate doing stuff like that. It's really kind of unprofessional, and you really shouldn't disagree. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like, you know, come on. I was just, I was, you know, we had, and this is back in the days when you had film cameras. So the loading, you, when you changed magazines, it was, you know, a five minute mm -hmm. process to put on a new magazine and, <clears throat> and get the film wound up and everything. So, so between shots, I, uh, I um, had uh, a friend who was on the crew. I had him hand uh, Brett the football and point to me and I was in the end zone. And uh, and so I was kind of like sheepishly waving at Brett, like, "Hey, I'm down here. Can you can you throw me one?" You know. <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> and so he waved. You know, he like waved me across the back of the end zone. It was kind of like that Greg Lewis catch from um, the Vikings. Remember that sure. the first year yep. Brett crazy toe was, tap. Like, it was exact. Yeah, was that like a 20, 20 yard laser, Something more like or that. less? And and so yeah, so he so I just start kind of running as fast as I could across the back of the end zone. And he's about at the 20 yard line and he whistled one in, like, it was so hard. It was so fast. <laughs> like I could, I could hear it coming before it like oh my was at, it was like, it was like 20 feet away and I could see the spirals like making a, a wind turbine like noise. <laughs> and it, <laughs> and it went and it, and it was coming low. Like it was coming towards my belly. And so I had to like make that kind of awkward adjustment when you take your hands that are in front of you down to your belly and it hit me in the hands and it kind of poked through my hands and hit me in the, the nuts. <laughs> and um, I kind of like bobbled it and uh, I was able to hang on to it. So for me, that was, that was the first, you know, that was the first point of, uh, you know, I was just in, I was in heaven. It was like, Oh my God, I just caught it. I kind of juggled it and everybody kind of laughed and, and then um, I ran into the tunnel and kind of bent over and I was like, oh, wow, that hurt a lot. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, so it, it um, so it, it hit me in the, in the balls uh, and, and maybe, who knows, maybe that's how I ended up on the table the other day, getting my <laughs> balls x-rayed, who knows. <laughs> but I caught it and then, uh, uh you know for many years i didn't tell anybody everyone's like oh you caught that and i was like yeah and everyone's like happy for me but i never really mentioned the part about the balls because i had too much pride getting hit in the balls is like this the the thing that hurts second most on a man i think if you snapped your femur in half that would hurt the worst but getting hit in the balls is a sensation where you can feel it in your fingertips and the tips of your toes and it gives you a, an instant stomach ache that is, uh, it feels like you have to puke, but you'll never, ever puke from it. It's just that you're just on the edge of puking, but you can't puke even if you stick a finger down your throat. I mean, it, it is brutal. Is it even close to childbirth? No, 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 no. We've discussed that. Way worse. You're right. Just like you've for, always said, it's way worse than for childbirth. For a man, it is the second worst thing that can happen. Yeah. yeah, it would have been better if I had run run out of the tunnel and just thrown up on the in the end zone. That would have been the best ending to that story. But I kind of waddled around the rest. Did of you the keep day. the football? And a few. Uh, I don't know if I did. I 
I don't remember if I did. I don't think I did keep the football now because that wasn't my property. When you so. when you sit on your nut sometimes, because we're all. I mean, you and I are are close to the same age, and so I know what happens. But when you sit on your nut, do you ever whisper Brett Favre like Chris Angel to yourself, <laughs> just like Brett Favre? Try to take the pain away a little bit. Just just remember the moment of catching that pass in Lambeau. You know, I don't really, I don't do that. I don't sit on my nuts that Interesting. often. But... What a fucking bragger. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> do you wear tidy whities How do you not sit on your balls? I, you know, I, I do get them when I ride a bicycle. They get Tim sore. actually does <laughs> a, Tim normal. does what he calls a swing hump every time he goes into a chair. <laughs> that makes sense. It's like the finishing move of the <laughs> Macarena. Up and over. You know, the last move of the Macarena. He pulls that off right before he plops. And also, this uh, this I'm kind of a Packers guy thing. Uh, Tim can tell you why they shouldn't have drafted somebody 12 years ago. So he's yeah. not kind of a Packers guy. I'm the Packers guy. Yeah, that's I guess. no, that is absolutely right. <laughs> Did you? Was there? Can you imagine if you wouldn't have gotten fingertips on it and it would have just gone straight to Nad? Do you think you'd yeah. be one of those guys with a prosthetic ball? Right? How was there any? Because. <laughs> My nephew, Seth, was skiing, gosh, so long ago, 15, 20 years ago. And when you're water skiing, you know, and my dad hated to do this, but as kids, you love to be let off really close to the dock or shore so you can turn and kick water up all over everybody. And he got let off really close to shore. The boat was going fast and he couldn't gain control and just splashed his nuts against a dock post. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and, dude, and he has two kids. He, it, like, his oh. nuts survived that. He has two children now, but it was... Yeah, but what, what kind of kids? Are they good at sports or math or anything? We don't know yet. They're pretty young. Yeah, They seem exactly. smart. They seem smart, but they, do, they look like they love art and food, so we don't know which no. way it's going to go. No, he just had two prisoners. Yeah, he just had two two prisoners that are going to juvie at thirteen. I remember because we were still kids when that happened, and him telling me, and I won't get graphic here, but the black and blue scenario that surrounded his uh, punch bag afterwards, and just the pain he was in when it happened, and I, I became very nut careful after that as a kid. Oh yeah, I mean <clears throat> you're lucky because. I don't know if you guys remember Stuart Scott from ESPN. Yep. Yeah. RIP, but he's he's passed away. And uh, he had kind of an eye that went that looked off in a different direction. It looked mm-hmm. like a lazy eye, but it was actually a glass eye because he got hit from a uh, a machine that throws the footballs. Like you just stick Jugs the football machine. in. It's like a pitch machine. Yeah. And it, it yeah. hit him right in the eye. Ugh. So you're lucky you didn't have to have a glass ball. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the kind of thing, though, where – that makes a unique noise, and that could be a fun party trick if you did have a couple glass balls. Oh, if you got a couple of them, they're like those. Click and clack. Yeah, they're like those uh, those Chinese stress balls that they sell in malls at kiosks that you just roll in your Actually, hand. You, you could just stand on somebody's desk and put one of them off to the side and then watch them click and clack back and forth. <laughs> then they sell that at like hammock or schlemmick. <laughs> I remember getting hit in the balls with a with a baseball one time. I was playing second base, and it just it hopped up off a weird like I don't even know if it was a rock or something, but skipped right into my nuts. And then I remember later going to the state fair and everybody being wowed by the pig's testicles, and I was like, no, no chance. 
Would you get hit in the nuts with a baseball, you pig? What, Cy? Well, I have a question for the room. Because okay. I just looked up, because I was saying get a fake ball without any medical knowledge. I mean, I'm sure they do that, prosthetic testicles, but I was really winging it. So I just looked it up, and it's very much a thing. If you, if you are down a nut at this point in your life, and, they, and, and insurance covers it, are you going prosthetic nut or are you going single, single nut the rest of your life? And if you're down two nuts, which according to the internet is very much a thing that can happen, are you going prosthetic nuts? Wow, that's interesting. I'm going, I'm going dice. I'm getting a pair of uh, table dice and putting them in there. It's like, what were those things that we were obsessed with with kids? What were they called that went on bike tires? Chromies? Yeah. You always wanted Dude, the I dice could... ones or you want one with your favorite team on there? Yeah, I got a couple of Viking nads. You can't see it. But you know what? In order, in order for you to see it, why don't we head over to the doctor? They got this ultrasound thing. They'll choke me for a bit and they'll, they'll flip the, the, the radar on and you can see the Vikings logo. Can hear Tim, it Tim, I would love if you had dice down there because every time you're <laughs> making love with your sweet wife, you could just whisper seven come eleven. Seven <laughs> come eleven. Same dice, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Same dice. Oh, that's so funny. All right, Tim, I'm not even gonna introduce the next story because I don't know which word might give it away. So I'm just gonna let you yeah, I know. I was out walking the dog, and I you asked me to send three stories, and it just popped into my brain. Oh, <laughs> I don't, great! I don't know. I don't even know if it's funny. Okay, but I, I I hadn't thought of it in a long time. But going back to my prop days, um, on the in the commercial business, and I got hired to do a infomercial, and the the you know how when you see an infomercial they'll have they'll be shooting at like the promenade and a really busy thing and and you'll be like come over here and see the miracle thing beat the other thing you know like um and so we were like at i think it was like um universal city walk or something in la and um the (laughs) it was like this miracle product that cleaned windows it was like a, it had like a wand or like a squeegee and it was like this miracle window cleaner. And, um, and, and the thing that it was supposed to, it was supposed to beat regular window cleaner, you know, like the blue stuff. Okay, sure. Um, the window. I won't mention a product name because they had to make it generic. Yeah. So it was supposed to beat that. And, um, and this director was this real spaz and um, just a real, just been riding me all the time. Cause none of my, I was the gag guy I would make it, you know, do the gags and stuff and, and um and so it was supposed to beat bacon grease uh in a race you know like it was supposed to go side head to head with bacon grease and i'm like who puts bacon grease on their windows like this is this obviously obviously they're targeting iowa and so yes that's a great callback you don't even know it, but that's a great callback but so this stupid product is not winning it's not winning at all like the blue stuff is completely destroyed <laughs> so we're getting these people out of the audience to come and like uh you know to come and like <laughs> challenge the blue uh window cleaner and they're winning they're just winning <laughs> the blue cleaner, <laughs> the blue side is winning and this guy he yells cut and in in time in like around like a hundred people he like comes up to me and he goes the bacon is winning <laughs> and just berated me 
And for like nightmares for years, all I could think of is the bacon is winning. And it was sort of a metaphor for my life in many ways. So. Do you ever do you ever smell bacon and just start shivering? I do. I can't see bacon grease without having being triggered. It was what's yeah. what's the is that is that the weirdest one you've ever done, the the infomercials? Because you always see I, I, when I watch infomercials, I always think there's no way they just found this person. Like it'll be a, a yeah. beach body one where it's Tony Horton, the creator of P90X. And he's just like, yeah. you don't need to go to the gym for an hour a day. Watch this. And, you, and then you see like uh, someone's running down the, the beach in California and they do two push-ups and 10 jumping jacks. And he's like, that's all you need. And it's like, the fuck it is, yeah. man. But th they find these yeah. really buff people. So. Did, did you always take people out of the crowd or were there plants? Yeah, like it, it, it had to be like legit, you know, because you can't portray something on TV that's not, you know, <laughs> there's a, oh, <laughs> it never yeah. happens. Unless, no. unless you have a license to do the news. <laughs> yeah. I, I, love, um, I love how the scruples for infomercials yeah. are fucking worse than the actual news. That's incredible. Dude, yeah. it's, it's game yeah. shows too. Have you, do you know anything about the way game yeah. shows are federally regulated in terms of truth and honesty yeah. compared to the news? It's yeah. fucking bananas. If you, like, even on The Bachelor, if somebody were to rig something, everybody says those shows are rigged and they're definitely scripted to a certain standpoint. But when a sure. monetary prize is involved, if anyone running the game or the game show affects the outcome in any way, shape, or form, it can be federal charges. Meanwhile, people are on the news, like, just scaring people into believing lies on both sides. Yeah. 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 No, it's nuts. No, usually it's like you, the, you bring a person out and they sign a release and then they, you know, they challenge your product or whatever. And it was... Um, yeah, that was, I hated, I mean, it was like, I knew this would be high pressure because what if this, you know, I mean, the, the blue window spray is, is been around for 50 years for a reason. <laughs> yeah, you have, you have people that could be curing cancer, but instead Procter and Gamble gobbled them up to make Windex. And now you got this guy just like, let's try it against bacon grease. What could go wrong? My my brother yeah. and his ex-wife, and she still does, and he, he's sort of connected still, but worked in the infomercial world. They worked, uh, yeah. his his wife, who's fantastic, ex-wife, who's fantastic, she uh, helped run Anthony Sullivan's company, you know, the OxyClean guy. So, and yeah. she worked with Billy Mays, and they had that, before Shark Tank became a thing, they had an infomercial reality contest TV show with Billy Mays and Anthony Sullivan where people would pitch infomercial products. And it was like a really good show. And then fucking Billy Mays died and then there was Shark Tank and it all went away. But so they would, that was their real life. People come in and pitch products all the time. Like it's a trash can that is, there's room for extra trash. And you're like, please stop coming here, Steve. You know, it's... No, I, 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 it's, it's a bizarre, and it's a subculture of the film industry, like, cause it's, you know, it's kind of like the difference between working the, you know, the Hollywood improv and some, you know, crap hole in the, you know, out in the middle of Texas somewhere, like it's infomercials are its own like little world and everybody kind of pokes fun of it. And um, I did them for a long time because it was, it was, um, it was kind of fascinating, but I will say like, I've, I've, as a comedian, I've always struggled to, 
to combine my old day job, you know, all that stuff with comedy because it takes a lot to, you know, you can't really go on stage and be like, well, I used to be a prop master, which is basically, you know, you'd have to explain the whole thing. So a lot of the characters that I do, like uh, Ray Gorski, uh, the car salesman, <laughs> yeah. and Papa Harmstino, I, you know, these characters, the, they're all sort of amalgamations of these people that I've met over the years on the on the commercials. The, so fantastic. My brother just said that one of the pitches that came in was the Snuggie. And the guy pitched the <laughs> Snuggie. And everybody there was like, this guy's a fucking moron. And my brother Jess, who grew up in the Midwest, was like, he goes, it's a blanket with sleeves. They're going to sell 50 billion of these. And everybody just ripped it apart. And now the Snuggie, <laughs> the Snuggie is maybe, I mean, is it, is the Snuggie the most iconic infomercial product of all time? Maybe OxyClean and the Snuggie. Yeah, what yeah. about that spray that you can uh, fix a crack on a boat? I think that's a big one yeah. too. Oh, Flex Seal. Yeah, yeah, Flex Seal. Yeah. I mean, well, then you got the salad shooter. The, the Foreman Grill. One. The Foreman Grill is a big one. Oh, yeah, I suppose yeah. that one. I, I'm going to tell you something. I have been moved. So when I'm, when I'm watching TV in a hotel, I sit on a bed with my back against the headboard, like many people do. And I have been moved without knowing it from that position to the edge of my bed with my knees, my elbows on my knees, like leaning forward to watch TV. One time was the movie Role Models, which I think is absolutely fantastic. Very underrated. To see it, please do. Yeah. Um, and then it was a couple of uh, infomercials where I, where they were going like, hey, are you sick of the line breaking on your weed whipper? And I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> and it felt like they were talking right to me. And so I'm like, well, what the fuck? And so I'm like on the edge of the bed watching these things. And I have I have bought things from infomercials late at night. And I have been happy with all of them, even though I was. I was nervous at first, but now knowing that you have to tell the truth and you can't just plant somebody to do it, that makes a lot of sense because I have a, I have pan, pots and pans where I have like a plug-in, um, a plug-in burner. It's just a single burner. I use it yeah, for everything because you can you can set the exact temperature on it. I love it. Yeah. I don't even sometimes I don't even use my stove for like six months at a time. It's fantastic. <laughs> Remember when the the when I well here's a true story the fir the first time I did comedy was in the Mall of America at Knuckleheads, sure. and they had a store in the mall called um, As Seen on TV. Side note, and I hate to interrupt the story, uh, like I do way too often, according to Amber Carter, uh, but um, that would be the no, perfect sentence that starts a novel about a guy who kills himself. <laughs> the first time I did stand-up comedy was in the Mall of America. Seven chapters you later, know, in, just <laughs> bang. You know, the, the I have that's in my bio when I have like on my website. I say I started comedy in the Mall of America, which is one of the largest malls in the Midwest. <laughs> <laughs> And nobody gets it. Like no one's ever seen it. It's just, it's just for me. Oh, and, you know, really it's just for me. But the, the thing was, it was called the As Seen on TV store. And they, 
they had you know all that stuff from infomercials and as a young comic doing you know comedy for a first time i would walk by there on the way to the club and i'd be like oh that's hilarious and then i'd write in my notebook <laughs> so like my first set ever was all about the as seen on tv and i and i'm gonna say the the punchline i'm gonna tell the joke it was in my first set it may have been my first joke ever and and just for your listeners now your first set's always really awful but it was uh, so I went into that as seen on TV store and I said, hey, do you have anything that gets cat blood out of boxer shorts? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that was my first. <laughs> no, no contact. Oh, oh you... my God. <laughs> the oh, torpedo shit. sneak bullshit that you just pulled. That is one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard in my life. As you were setting that up, I was like, I was thinking, I'm going to ask Chad what his first joke ever was, because mine was some dog shit. It was a conversation between Michael Jackson and his brothers. It was really, really, really bad. And then you pitch one of the funniest jokes I've heard in four years. That's unbelievably oh, funny. Oh, I know. Here, so Finn is always like, uh, you know, he walks around and you think... Oh, this guy, I understand. He Not only does he bring pies to church, he also plays the keyboard when he's there. And then he'll say something like that, and you're just like, God damn it. It is so, so funny. That's such a funny joke. I, I just want to say a couple things. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now that, you know, we, we push albums on this show, but I'm, I'm extra pushing these albums because the most bees ever, yes. your album, Fim is so so good i mean when when you so it it was released in 2014 it's 2021 and i quoted this album on someone else's podcast uh, last week guys no 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 it's it's so good nice. it's and so then good. uh the the whim of tim came out uh last year and i actually i think we t already told you to listen to that I'm, I'm pretty sure so check out those albums um i'm gonna i'm gonna let you do a lot of your stuff but i just wanted to say that uh uh, Tim Harmston and guest of the podcast, I think two weeks ago it was, uh, Mary Mack will be at Stella's in Battle Lake, Minnesota, December 18th. And I know when you think Battle Lake, Minnesota, you think, oh, are they are they uh, playing some weird bar? No, they're not. This is this is a, <laughs> one of the coolest venues that I've played. And that's the truth. Also, you can check out uh, uh, Ali Sultan just off the late show with Stephen Colbert. He'll be at Stella's November 20th. So, uh Yes, sorry. Battle Lake does sound like something you would hear my cousins talking about. We're gonna we're gonna head up to Battle Lake and f show people what the fuck is up. Like it's well, it's funny because because you talk about Battle Lake and they're like, why is it called Battle Lake? And everyone there goes, we can't tell you or we'll have to change it. Yeah. <laughs> so they're not they're not allowed to talk about the name origin before tim tells you where you can find him on social media and what his website is i'm going to throw my tim plug in and it's not just for your albums tim and I, you're a you're a kind humble guy so just shut the fuck up when i say this if you're somebody that actually likes comedy not just stumbles in and wants to have a few drinks like you like comedy you've heard comics you like comedy Watching Tim do an hour is different. It's special. It's one of my favorite things. When you had your first headlining week at Acme, I remember coming down multiple nights to see it. And it's just such a fun combination of well-written material, surrealism, 
characters. I just, I'm very, very, very jealous of it. That's what leads me to sexually assault a homophobe in a crowd is seeing people like you be so good at being weird. So if a lot of our listeners are all over this country and I know you get all over the place. So if you get any chance to not just listen to the album, but see him in person, uh, don't skip out on that. Yeah, I, I remember his first headlining gig at Acme too, and I remember just sitting in the back thinking, you know, this reminds me a lot of stand-up comedy. <laughs> <laughs> you got to do the Chicago accent, Chad. <laughs> I love doing that accent, man. That's so fun. <laughs> All right, what else? What else? Where do you want them to find you, Tim? Uh, just uh, I, I'm doing mostly uh, Instagram these days, so uh, at Tim Harmston. That's and then my Facebook fan page is uh, Tim Harmston Comedy. Awesome. Yeah. Th- thanks thanks a ton for doing this. This was uh, a lot of fun. I hope I hope your balls heal exactly in the way you want them to. And uh, thank you. I gotta go. Hey, if you guys like this, uh, there will be a new episode next Monday and every single Monday at 8 a.m. So click the subscribe button so your phone sends it to you without having to do any work. <laughs>